Assalamu alaikum, Risk Nation. Welcome back to the show. I am your host, Ahmed Manawar, joined as always by my co-host, Defender of Common Sense, Mr. Saeed Ali. Assalamu alaikum. I always think you're going to forget about that because I forget about it and then you don't. I will I never don't. forget. I will never forget. <laughs> but I think your your title is a little bit worn. I think we need uh, we need to come up with something better. Well, no, we need to come up with one for you first because I don't think writer of great emails is really catching on. And especially since I stopped sending emails after you gave me that title. <laughs> you really you really did jinx it. You know that, right? Yeah, what happened to that? Too much pressure. Every, <laughs> every time I sat down to write an email, your voice would be ringing in my head. All I'd hear, I go to type and all I'd hear is, writer of good emails, emails, emails. <laughs> 50% of the content course, uh, content of the podcast is in the emails. And then I just, I just buckle under the pressure and I couldn't oh, do okay. it. Sorry, man. Sorry. All right, we'll come up with a new one for you. Inshallah. So, alhamdulillah, Saeed, we are, as of the recording of this, we are pretty much two-thirds into Ramadan. The, mm-hmm. the first, the last 10 days are, are about to begin. Right. And we've had a good number of people go through our charity course. Very surprising. Which is, which is amazing. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Saeed and I built a five-part charity course right before Ramadan that went live to teach people how to give more charity in Ramadan and throughout the year. And we walk you through a a step-by-step process to plan your charitable giving so you can give more than you've ever given before. And alhamdulillah, a good number of people have gone through the course Mm -hmm. and they've benefited from the material and they've gone through it. And inshallah, they're giving a lot more charity now than they gave last year. Inshallah. But we also got a lot of questions. I was going to say, yes. Which is good. Yeah. I mean, it shows that people are paying attention, they're listening, they're really working with the material. If we got no questions, that'd be concerning, you know, how much do people actually pay attention? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, alhamdulillah, we got, we got a lot of questions. So we're going to just tackle maybe like maybe four or five of the big questions that we've been getting, the ones that we've been, we've been getting a lot of in, in right. this episode so that people can can kind of, uh, you know, if you haven't taken the course, then, you know, this is kind of like a little bit of a taste of what you'll get inside. Um, mm-hmm. And if you have taken the course, then hopefully this will clarify some of the some of the issues. Now, before we get into it, say, I'll just mention for everyone listening, if you haven't taken the course or you haven't seen it, or you don't know what we're talking about, head on over to riskwise.com forward slash Ramadan. That's R-I-Z-Q-W-I-S-E dot com forward slash Ramadan. R-A-M-A-D-A-N, and you'll find an introduction video where we walk through all five lessons of the course, give you an explanation of what you can get inside, and you can sign up right there on that page and get inside the course immediately. And it's free. That was one of the pieces of feedback that we got. People didn't realize that it was for free. So yeah, it is free. So there's like no reason not to sign up, go through the course, check out some of the videos, see some of the worksheets, download them, work with them, do what you got to do. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This, yeah. We should mention that. So it's it's a it's a video course, but there's you know really Saeed put in a lot of work <laughs> and created all these extra resources. There's worksheets. There's posters. There's downloads. There's a whole spreadsheet that you can use to plan your charity. There's a lot of stuff in that course um, that I think you'll you'll get a lot of value out of. So feel free to go ahead and check that out when when you're when you're done with this. Inshallah. Yeah. Inshallah. All right. Let's get into it, Saeed. What's the first question? So the first question. Do you want me to read it word for word? Uh, it's a bit long. Yeah. Can you, can you summarize? Yeah. Um, okay. So, um, the, the questioner was, was talking about how, uh, in the, the charity course, we discussed some of the big rocks, one of them being retirement planning. Um, but 
we didn't discuss in the final, I think he's specifically referring to lesson five, that we didn't discuss in the video lesson, in the, in the videos, the need to build a nest egg or an emergency fund just in case of a job loss or automobile accidents. Um, and he said that while mo- most people carry different types of insurances, the financial disruption is not either fully covered or entails a large deductible. It is very commonly advised to have a nest egg in the form of liquid assets like cash, equivalent to three to six months of income. So his question was basically, why didn't we address that very important need? And it's a good question. Uh, so I'm assuming that the questioner hadn't listened to all, what, 40, 50 podcasts that we have, because we do talk about emergency funds quite a bit, Ahmed and I, I believe. Um, but in the context of the course, I mean, we tried to keep to a time limit. What was what was our time limit supposed to be on the videos? Uh, I think it was about five minutes yeah, so we we, we, we didn't as, do that. As is expected, as has been our trend, we surpassed by a mile. <laughs> yeah, so I think the average for the first four was something like seven to eight minutes. But then the fifth lesson where we go through the uh, the worksheet, the actual spreadsheet, that ended up being over 20 minutes. Um, so I know when I recorded that, I did five different takes. And the first one was 37 minutes. And I included in that 37-minute take uh, an explanation of emergency funds. But for the sake of time that just had to go well and here's here's a bit of a spoiler because we you know that lesson five is is really where everything comes together so we spend the first four lessons giving you the tools to plan your charity yeah it's theoretics and in the first four it's all theoretical uh some religious conversation in the first two and then some theoretical understanding of habit change and uh, habit formation but but it's important mindset stuff right because people people often make the mistake of thinking oh charity is just about I just need to pick a number and I just pull that number out of thin air. Whatever's in my wallet, whatever and I feel like, whatever exactly. I put my hand up for, that's it. And in the first four lessons, we're giving you the important mindset stuff that will help you pick that number. And in lesson five, we're actually showing you how to pick that number with with numbers and with a spreadsheet and where you put in your expenses and you put in your income. And, and what Saeed's actually doing there, it's a bit of a trick, which he reveals in the end. So spoiler alert. <laughs> oh, no. He's, he's oh, actually no. Don't, building, don't tell them. Don't well, tell them. It's important, okay, I think, to the conversation. He's actually helping you build a budget. When you're done with that exercise in lesson five, you're going to have a budget. Um, but not just not just any budget. It's actually the budget based on our the RiskWise methodology of big rocks, uh, pebbles, and sand. It's all categorized that way because it's. A, I think that way of thinking about money is far, far more functional than just how much do you want to spend on movies or whatever, Like, which I, I think doesn't really make that much sense, practically speaking. But yeah, yeah. budget. And in one of those one of those categories, what we call a big rock or an important goal was was savings and investments uh, or a retirement fund, if you will. Yeah. And I think we can we can safely say, say that, you know, if you're somebody who's doing this exercise and you don't have an emergency fund, you don't have some cash put away for for a rainy day. Right. Because you never know right. what might happen. There might be an illness. You might be fronted from working. You might get laid off. Car. Um, you know, you know, car might break down. You could have some financial emergency. You don't want to be in a position where you're living month to month and you can't you know, you don't have the cash to handle these things that that might come up because they do come up. It's always something. Right. Right. So if you don't if you're not in that position, then before you put any money away into anything, you should be putting away uh, money into an emergency fund, into a nest egg fund where you have, you know, three to six months is a good rule of thumb of, of cash um, sitting, you know, in the bank in case you need it because you likely will need it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So the questioner brings up a very good point that this is incredibly important. And I apologize that we did not include that in the video. It was really just for sake of time. 
not because of importance. It is incredibly important to build that emergency fund. So in lesson five, when we go through big rocks or in the worksheet, you will see that there is a line item there for emergency fund if you're still building it. Because some people may already have their emergency fund, in which case they're not putting more money into it. But if you're, already, if you're not, if you don't already have it, then some money per month should go there. And that is absolutely already included in the worksheet and, you know, on the video, just not talked about. Cool. Next question. Next question. Uh, this is an interesting one. Should I give charity on my credit card if I'm not sure that I can pay it off? Yeah. Okay. So there's two, two scenarios here, right? Most people use credit cards. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's the reality of, of, of the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're, well, okay, let's deal with the first scenario. Most people use credit cards. And if you're, if you're in a position where you use a credit card every month and you pay it off every month and you've never had issues and uh, you know, and, and you have no problems paying off your full balance of your credit card, I don't see a problem with putting your charity on a credit card. Uh, and, and, and most charities accept and, and uh, you know, not just accept, but they appreciate the, the donations on credit cards because they can be processed online right on the website. Right. It's very difficult unless you have it's basically a credit card or PayPal if you want to donate online. Right. Exactly. So there's, there's there's no inherent problem with giving giving charity on a credit card unless you're the, the kind of, of the person question. who <laughs> who sometimes cannot pay off your full balance or you're not sure if you can pay it off in a particular month. If you're in that position, then you should not be giving charity on your credit card. In fact, you should not be giving charity at all. <laughs> in fact, you should not be using your credit card. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I want to kind of put a caveat on that statement. You should not be giving charity at all because if you're getting into debt and especially if you're getting into interest bearing debt, you need to be paying off that debt before you do anything else. And that includes charity. That includes eating out. That includes any expenses that are not absolutely necessary. And we did a whole series on this and beat the horse to death <laughs> several times over uh, on on how to get out of debt. You can find that over uh, on riskwise.com on the podcast page. I think it's episodes. I just told somebody what episode numbers they were. I should remember it. It's about, yeah. it's about 22, I think, is where it begins, episode 22. And it goes on till about episode 30 something. But you'll see, you'll see debt in the titles. You'll be able to find it easily. So we spent a whole, you know, eight to 10 episodes covering the topic of getting out of debt. And was it that many? It was, yeah. With all the interviews and everything, it came out to about eight to 10 episodes. Wow. So that's, that's what I would say, Said. If you're, if you're not sure you can pay off your credit card, then definitely don't give charity on your credit card. But also there's some bigger problems here. Yeah. And I'd even expand that to say never put anything on your credit card ever unless you're 100% sure that you're going to pay it off in full and on time. Whether it's charity, eating out, groceries, I don't care. Do never put something on your credit card unless you know, like it should just be a way to process a transaction, not really credit, you know? Like you could have used cash, you could have used your debit card, but you chose to use your credit card, but to you it shouldn't mean no different. You should have all that money in your account ready to pay it off, you know, as soon as it's due, 100%. Yeah. So, and we'll I will link to the show notes to to some of those um, some of those episodes on debt that we did, and and the the questioner should should definitely take a listen to, to those and uh, and make a plan to 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 get out of debt and make sure that you're not in a position where you can't pay your credit card at the end of the month. Yeah. Inshallah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. It's episode twenty two to thirty two. That was the debt series. All right. Um, next question. Yeah. Is it better to give charity uh, one time or monthly, like in a lump sum or regularly every month. Yeah, cuz most people give a lump sum of charity in Ramadan. That's yep. that's kind of the habit that we have, right? It's yes. it's, it's great to give charity in Ramadan. We mentioned in, in the course that 
the Prophet ﷺ was the most generous in Ramadan. Um, it's just, it's one of those it's one of those deeds that is just really really heavily rewarded and heavily emphasized. But, but I do want to sort of uh, explain that a little. He was generous outside of Ramadan, and more generous inside of Ramadan. And I think the habit that we get into is that we're only generous in Ramadan, and we don't give anything outside of Ramadan at all. That's 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 exactly it. That's that's the problem, right? As we we go all out in Ramadan, not just when it comes to charity, right? But when it comes to everything, you know, we, we pick mm-hmm. up the Quran and we dust it off in Ramadan, right? We go to the masjid in Ramadan, we give charity in Ramadan, and then we take 11 months of the year off. And we're all guilty of it, you know, myself included. Right. Um, and so it's, while it's good to have that extra drive in Ramadan to do more, it's a good thing, right? We should be trying to do more. And we get into this in the course, right? You should do more in Ramadan. You should give charity in Ramadan as much as you can. But you should also be thinking about how you can keep up with this throughout the year. Right. Not only in terms of your, you know, you're you're praying at night and you're going to the masjid and you're reading Quran. How can you keep up with all of those ibadat throughout the year? But also, how can you keep up with your charity throughout the year? Right. So religiously, there is a strong argument to do this monthly. From a charity's perspective, most charities, and my wife, she works for a charity, they really very much appreciate the monthly donors, even if it's like 10, 15, 20, 50 dollars a month donations. Because people sometimes they do their math and there's a cut, or they decide that they want to give hundreds and thousands of dollars to, to charity one time, lump sum. And they're not going to say no to that. Like a charity's not going to say no, we don't want that lump sum, break it up over every month. But if the charity, which almost everyone does, has operating costs, staff costs, rent costs, that kind of stuff, it's great for them to know that their monthly expenses are being covered by the monthly donations they receive so that they don't need to budget. You know, they get a big lump sum in Ramadan, let's say, throughout Ramadan, and they don't know, okay, can we use some of this money to expand our operations? Can we start doing some charity work in a different area? Well, I don't know because they don't know what they're going to get throughout the year, so they tend to not do stuff. But a lot of charities, masjids, for example, most relief work charities, almost any charity that you can think of very much appreciates the monthly donations. Yeah, absolutely. And and we cover a little bit of, about the the importance of giving charity in the course. And if you know, if we really understood the value in giving charity and the benefit that we gain from giving it, then we would be rushing to give as much as possible and as often as possible. So we really encourage you in the course to to make charity one of your quote unquote big rocks. And we explain what big rocks means in more detail uh, inside the course. But essentially, it's it's those big goals that you want to achieve. It's the it's the really important expenses, right? Not not the meaningless stuff. We you know we encourage you to make charity one of those big rocks, the really important things that you pay month in month out. And, and give it a spot in your budget and give it an important spot um, because, you know, as the Prophet ﷺ said, that charity extinguishes sin, right? And we've mm-hmm. all got sins. And he also said that charity does not decrease wealth. So you don't need to fear, you know, don't fear poverty when you're giving charity. Give as much as you can as long as you planned appropriately and, and, and have no fear. And the good thing about charity is it's actually really easy to, to, to give charity monthly, right? Unlike the other ibadat, you know, it's, Get, you know, reading Quran every day, pr- praying in the masjid, praying at night. I mean, those are fairly difficult habits to form. Right. Giving charity is very easy. You set up an automatic payment on your credit card or or from your bank if, if, if you're not using a credit card. And the charity withdraws that money month in, month out. You don't have to do anything. Right. Right. So, you know, make your intention now in Ramadan. If you haven't set up those kind of automatic payments, make your intention now. You'll get the reward of giving in charity and you'll be giving throughout the year, inshallah. Yeah, so if the big rock, pebble, sand thing doesn't sound familiar to you, that's okay. We discussed that very early in the podcast. So head on over to riskwise.com slash Ramadan. Take the course. We discussed that in detail on lesson three, I believe, is where we talk about the goal setting side of things. Yep. 
Next question. How do I balance between zakat and sadaqah? Yeah. Oh, so, so this is easy. Conceptually, it's very easy, right? Yep. There's no yep. balance. Zakat is a fard. It's an obligation. It's one of those five pillars of Islam, right? You have yep. to give zakat every year, if assuming that you meet the, the requirements for giving zakat. Mm -hmm. So once you meet the requirements for giving zakat, you give your zakat first and foremost, and you need to do that before you do anything else. Including exactly. Including anything else, right? So there's, there's no balance. It's one, then the other. So you don't balance between one and the other and how much you give to, to zakat versus how much you give to sadaqah. There's no balancing. It's zakat first, period. Yeah. Once zakat is paid in full, okay, now the door opens for you to be able to give sadaqah. And but just don't to define the fault. term clearly, sadaqah refers to any voluntary charity outside of zakat can be called sadaqah. So when we use those terms, zakat is referring to um, and it can be confusing because sometimes in the Quran, zakat is used to refer to both. But legally, when we say zakat, we mean the obligation of zakat, the, the, one of the five pillars of Islam, the obligation to give your 2.5% in zakat. And when we say sadaqah, we mean the voluntary charity that's above and beyond the obligatory zakat. Right. So do the oblig obligatory zakat first, and then the voluntary charity after. Now, a very practical tip I think, say, that we can offer people is you know, people tend to get a little bit caught up in the zakat calculation. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in terms of the details and the specifics and, and sometimes that's necessary, but sometimes it's just, you know, it's, it's not like paying your taxes, right? Right. You, you want to get your, the, the amount of tax that you pay, you want to get that number, right? Because you don't want to underpay because you'll be penalized, right? And mm -hmm. you don't want to overpay because who wants to give the government more money, right? <laughs> but that's not the case with Zagat. With Zagat, you definitely don't want to underpay because that's very bad, right? Right. But there's absolutely no harm and there's only benefit in overpaying because any amount that you give in Zagat above and beyond what's obligatory, what's required of you, becomes Sadaqah. Right. And then you get rewarded for the Sadaqah. Exactly. So don't like, you know, nitpick of, you know, if you're not sure if your zakat is, you know, $800 a year or $1,000 a year or $1,200 a year, just give $1,500. <laughs> like, you're not going to yeah. lose anything, right? Like, right. Don't worry about it. Give a little bit more. Make sure you've covered your obligatory portion. And then the excess, if there is any, becomes sadaqah. And hey, that's good for you. Right. Absolutely. Next question. Yes. Doesn't planning for charity take away from the spontaneity? You love this one. I'll let you, I'll let you riff on this. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I love the tone of the question too, but um, yeah, it does. Planning for your charity does take away the spontaneity of it. Planning anything takes away spontaneity, but who said giving charity spontaneously was beneficial in any way, shape, or form? It, it's not that spontaneity and secrecy are the same thing. They're not. I, I mean, I think people confuse that, that we should give charity such that the right hand doesn't know what the left hand gives. Right, it's so secret that no, like we don't brag about it, we don't go show our friends, we don't make that a point that people look at us and say, "Oh, look at that guy, he's so generous." That's you know, letting your ego take away the reward that you would have received if you gave that charity sincerely. But that's secrecy. That's people not knowing what you're giving. That you're not bragging about it, you're not talking about it, you're not making it a point for people to you know know who you are and what it is that you do in your with your money. That's secrecy. That's different than spontaneity, which is just on a whim, being inspired and opening up your wallet and giving money. Just doing that with like without any thought or planning and preparation, that's there is nothing that I have ever read that says that that part of it is what is being rewarded. The fact that you gave charity without hesitation, sure. The fact that you gave charity um, knowing that Allah will take care of you and take care of your loved ones, sure. But all of that can be accomplished planning this properly and 
in business, we say what gets measured gets done. Things that you put as a priority, you put down on paper that you actually, you know, measure, get done and get done better. And it's always remarkable to me when I talk to clients about their charitable giving, and I hear this from the accountants that I work with, that people are always surprised that they thought they gave more in charity than they actually did. Because in our tax laws in Canada, you can deduct certain kinds of charities. So you got to keep those receipts. And you get these receipts at the end of the year from charities. And when people add them up and they actually see how much they gave, they they tend to scratch their head and think, wow, I thought I gave more than that. And, and that's the result of not planning your charity out is that you think you're going to give a lot, but you probably won't. Whereas if you do plan on something, you make it a priority. You actually make it a big rock and you do it consistently month after month. Just like anything else, you will come to the end of the year. Just like anything else that you've planned for, you will come at the end of the year and think, man, alhamdulillah, like that's a lot more than I thought. Here's the problem, Saeed. This okay. is where people get tripped up on this issue. Right. Is what you just suggested is incredibly boring. <laughs> that is so boring. Plan your charity, you know, run the numbers, give it monthly, don't even think about it, make it a habit. That is boring, man. I want to go to the masjid. I want to sit in the fundraiser. I want the imam to yell and scream at me. I want him to tell me all the hadith about charity. I want to get like this huge rush of emotions. I want to Do be you inspired. Really know? I want to be inspired. I want to put my hand up. I want to give a lot of money. I don't want to feel good about it. <laughs> and you know what? A lot of times, I mean, for some people, it's about the feeling. They want to feel good about it. They want that, that, that rush. So... And, in that little uh, example that you just gave, the the charity fundraiser is something that you or the person you're exemplifying actually looks forward to, like being held hostage in the masjid, not being able to pray tarawih until the, or not being able to leave the Eid Salah or not being able to leave Jum'ah until the number gets hit. Is that actually okay, desirable? Well, that's, that's, that's a, that's a, maybe that's a bad example. <laughs> but, but I think people do like, you know, kind of the, 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 the spontaneous, you know, feel good about yourself, put your hands up, get, you know, give as much money as you can. And then, hey, that's, and then that's you pat yourself on the back and say, hey, you know what? I'm I'm a good person. I, that's I absolutely that. true with relief work, right? Like when uh, a hurricane or a landslide or whatever happens and people give a ton of money as soon as it happens, but never give money to that cause after, you know, two weeks later when really the money is needed afterwards to do the rebuilding. Yeah, people do give it spontaneously. But think about that, right? That spontaneity is inefficient. It actually is not as helpful if people just said, you know what, this this region needs the next 10 years to rebuild. Instead of me giving two grand now, let me just give $20 a month to that cause for the next 10 years and dedicate to that. That'd actually be way more beneficial for the people and for the charities who work in that area. Yeah, you don't feel as good about yourself, but I just think that that's it's just a perception mix-up. If you recognize that giving it monthly is actually way better, then you should feel better that you're giving it monthly. Well, I, I think I think you should do both, right? I don't mean to denigrate people that that give spontaneously in the moment. I'm not saying don't do that. I'm just saying do it for the right reasons, right? Because mm. don't do it because it makes you feel good. Do it because it's the right thing to do and because the money is needed and because you have it. But you only know if you have the money and you only know how much money you have to give if you've actually planned your charity. Right. So the entire premise behind our course, uh, the charity course on RiskWise, is not – is not to plan your charity so that you can give less and be very comfortable and only give as much as you you think you can give. It's not actually to help you give more. Our premise, our our, our the, the theory that we're we're proving with with our course, and feel free to take it for a test drive and prove us wrong, is if you plan your charity, you will give more 
than you would otherwise if you had not planned and you just give it in the moment. And that right. moment, I think, is still important, right? It's good. Like the fact that you're moved by the fundraiser, the fact that you're moved to give, that's a really good thing, right? I don't mean to, that's not a, that's not a bad thing. It's a really, really good thing. It shows you have a heart, right? If you're, right. If you're not moved in that moment, then you got, you got problems, right? <laughs> but in that moment, you know, give, but, you know, give with confidence. Give knowing that you're giving all you could possibly give. And that's what we can help you do with, with the course. Mm-hmm. Give knowing that you're giving all that you possibly can. And that one of the great things if you do the planning is that you'll know that you are giving as much as you possibly can. There's no regret at the end of Ramadan that, you know, I could have done more. I should have, would have, could have. That we actually went through the numbers. If you do go through the course, that you actually go through your numbers to determine the maximum that you possibly can give. So at the end of lesson five, which, which builds on the habit change um, side in lesson four, where we talk about how there's a lot of habits, spending habits that are going to be broken in Ramadan because you're fasting. So let's be conscious about redirecting that money towards something more beneficial than going and grabbing, you know, a bagel and coffee in the morning. And in lesson five, what we actually go through is a minimum and a maximum. You actually will go through in your personal finances, what's the maximum that is like possible that you could give and what's the minimum that you absolutely should be able to give in Ramadan and your true number is going to lie anywhere in between those two. So like Ahmed said, like with planning, you should be able to give more if you do it right. And we go through with you not just a number, but a range. The minimum and the maximum, and then you get to decide what you can fit in in between those two. Which is a perfect segue to our final question. How much charity is enough and how much is too much? Yeah, this is all you, man. Um, really? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I think it's, it's – it, this is pretty straightforward, but it depends, right? That's, that's the easiest way to answer a question that you don't have an answer yep. to. Yep. Well, it depends. Right? <laughs> no, but it really does depend, right? Because – how much charity is enough? Well, that's, that's, you could probably never be giving too much charity, right? You can always give more, but there is a certain limit. And the limit is when your giving charity starts to get in the way of your other obligations, right? right. Charity is, is an important obligation, no doubt. And again, we're not talking about zakat. Zakat has to be paid. We're mm-hmm. talking about the additional charity, the, the additional sadaqah beyond zakat, right? Right. You know, that is something you need to be doing, but but there are other obligations that you have. You have to take care of your family. You have to take care of your spouse if you have one. You have to take care of your parents if you have elderly parents. I mean, you have other obligations. You know what they are. I can't list them for you because everyone's situation is a little bit different, right? But you have obligations and they're important obligations and you need to make sure that you're you're, you're taking care of those things. And if giving charity begins to get in the way of those, then it becomes a problem. Right. Right. Now, don't misconstrue this to say to, to think, well, you know, I got to have the million dollar house. I got to have my Tesla. I got to have my Bentley. Those are important. I got to get to work, right? How am I going to get to work if I don't have my Tesla? Um, so uh, Why are you hitting on Teslas, man? <laughs> What's with this hate? That, that's for you. <laughs> that's for you. So, you know, I got to cut back on my charity so I can afford my Tesla and I can drive to work. Because if I don't drive to work, I'll be unemployed and I won't have a, I won't have any money and I'll be broke. Mm. No, that's <laughs> that's not what I mean, right? You know, think about what your actual obligations are. What are, what are your minimum requirements towards your family? What are your minimum requirements um, towards your spouse and your children and whoever whoever you're in charge of supporting and make sure that you're meeting those requirements and and beyond that you know giving more charity can only be good for you 
And that's where I think, Ahmed, you know, not to pat ourselves too hard on the back, but I think that's where we kind of are differentiated when we discuss charity in this course versus pretty much anywhere else where there isn't much context to, yeah, what are your other obligations? Like, what can you realistically afford without putting your kids out on the street? Like, how much can you, what's the maximum number that realistically you have in Ramadan from your earnings that you're going to be able to give? And then what's the the money that you're going to have every month after Ramadan, after your obligations? Because there are other responsibilities on top of giving charity, like your family and your kids. So what are those obligations? How much do they cost? Let's put the charity conversation in context of those things. And that's what I think we did. Uh, in lesson five, like building up into and then practically speaking in lesson five, where we actually outline what the obligations are in yeah. uh, for your finances. And I will say one last thing about lesson five. Um, really, you know, our ulterior motive for this was not just to help you give more charity so that it benefits you. And inshallah, we get a little bit of benefit uh, ourselves from people giving more charity through with what we're teaching. But the other worldly Thing that we wanted to, to accomplish was to teach anybody who goes through this course a lot about their money, about the realities of financial management. Because I, as a financial planner, my day job is to help people with their finances. And when I speak with Muslim clients, there is a huge gap of knowledge. Like most people don't know what they're doing with money, but Muslims even more so don't know what they're doing with money. And RiskWise was developed to try and treat that cause so we can try and bring more financial knowledge into people's brains. And in this course, really, like we've done quite a bit of jamming a lot of stuff into those five lessons. And at the end of the fifth lesson, not only are you going to have the skeleton or, you know, pretty close to completed budget, but if you follow through on the exercise and come back to the lesson five, come back to your worksheet at the end of Ramadan, because it's a two-step process. Well, one step is what we do in the lesson, what you think you spend in these different items. But if you take it the next step, and that is to come back at the end of Ramadan and fill out the next column, which is not what, so we already did what you thought you spend. Now we're going to come back and fill in what you actually spent so we can see where the incongruence in your mind is, like where you think you spend money, but where it goes that you didn't think that it usually goes to, because everybody has that gap. Everybody has that gap. And in lesson five, we actually get to talk about that. And then you get to look at your own financial gap. It's yeah, we, we shoved a lot into there. It Hopefully really it really is. I was looking at the course before we did this recording. It really is a very impressive course, I have to say. I haven't looked at it in a while. It's, it's actually very <laughs> I, I impressive. I said we're not going to pat ourselves. Well, actually, I mean, there, honestly, there's no boasting involved there because, I mean, you'll see when you go inside, It's most of it is Saeed. <laughs> Saeed's no, no, lessons no. Are, are, are much more involved and very impressive. But I think you'll, I mean, if you haven't taken the course, I think you will get a lot out of it. And it's not too late. There's still 10 days left in Ramadan. You know, these are these are the days where people give. I mean, most people like to delay their charity to the last 10 days of Ramadan <laughs> and the last 10 nights. And that's fine. Um, so it's not too late. You know, do do go ahead and check out the course. I want to just say one more thing, Saeed. Related to the to the last question, as a practical takeaway, you know, when you're balancing between how much charity is enough and how much charity is too much, a really easy kind of hack to figure out that balance is if you're debating between, you know, let's say you're let's say in the interest of giving monthly, because that's been something that we've been talking about. Let's say you're you're trying to figure out your monthly charitable giving amount. Let's say you're debating between, you know, somewhere in the range of a hundred to hundred and fifty dollars. Right? right. And you're not sure, you know, 150 might be too much, might be a little bit uncomfortable, 100 might not be enough. Give 150. 
just just give the top end. Give a little bit more if you can. Give 160, right? Because chances are you set that range such that you're not going to go broke and you're not going to be homeless <laughs> yeah, exactly. if you give them that range. And, and chances are you're, you're, yeah, exactly. And chances are your nefs or your ego is kind of tempting you to kind of suppress that down to the lower end, right? So right. defy the ego, right? Go to the top end of that range. Give a little bit more if you can. Give 175. And, you know, inshallah, it's the Prophet said and promised, charity does not decrease wealth. Don't fear. Give as much as you can and you'll be taken care of. Inshallah. Inshallah. So if you haven't checked out the course, go head on over to riskwise.com forward slash Ramadan and you'll get immediate access to the five-part course to help you give more charity. And One Saeed, afternoon, man. One afternoon to go through it all, inshallah. One afternoon. Alhamdulillah. Sayyid, we got to get to Jummah. So Let's do it. <laughs> that's a wrap. Jazakum Allah khair. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum.